0: Sherlock
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure, sure listen, the podcast taking a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Sure look, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen.
0: Sure look. Sure listen. Sherlock, sure Look,
1: Sherlock,
0: sure listen. Very good, Benjamin. You've changed the tagline once again. I love every week coming in and seeing what you're going to go with this week. Benjamin. Yes. So, look, we don't have time for whatever witty retort you're going to throw back at me there because we've loads to look at, including the adaptation of the thing you relate to most in all of pop culture, Pinocchio. I just want to be a real boy. Yeah, you just want to be a real boy. Don't talk during my bit, Ben. (laughs) I do this, my bit. One little bit. I get for myself every week. (laughs) Then we're going to go on episode 600 of Ezra Watch, your favourite segment of the podcast where we find yeah. out what Ezra Miller's up to. I have accidentally seen Moon Fall and, <laughs> Benjamin, nope. So we've seen two films of wildly varying quality about space goings on. Also, both of us, I imagine, have seen She-Hulk episode two. Sure, listen,
1: Michael, if that wasn't enough and it isn't for a weekly mm. comic book cast.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comic uh, book that. bookcast, that's yes, what it's a got. Comic book yeah.
1: bookcast, that's what we are. That's what we are, Michael. Uh, it, it wasn't enough, Michael, for that. We needed much, much more. So we're also going to be taking a look at the adaptation conversation. We're going to be looking at mm. how we've changed our mm. approach, Michael, as a species mm. to adapting the beloved comic books of our youth. Alright. Are we talking specifically about comic books, Ben? a little bit a little bit about comic books, Michael, but there's some other there's some other little adaptation tangents in there as well.
0: Oh, very good and interesting. Benjamin. Yeah. I haven't seen the trailer for the live action Pinocchio, but my good friend Sean did
1: send me an image of it, Ben, and it looks utterly horrifying. It, it is, Michael. It's, it's, once again, Robert Zemeckis has emerged from his Christmas time annual rebirth cycle. Mm, from his chrysalis. It, from his chrysalis of the uncanny mm. valley, Michael. And yes. he's, not unlike the Yeats poem, he is the half-formed beast slumping towards Bethlehem, Michael. Oh, go on. And he's here to inflict pain on us once again, uh, because Disney have given him a budget to make something with CGI. And you know, Michael, naturally, yes. what one might assume from a live action Pinocchio is set in Florence, Italy, as it is. One might assume that you would get somebody of Italian origin to play a man called Geppetto. No, 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 no. I think it's Giuseppe. It's it's not, but that's okay. <laughs> Okay, Michael. He's only gone and gotten Tom Hanks, who he gets to be in everything he does. Uh,
0: Tom Hanks is gonna be—he's gonna be a big at your pet, though.
1: Yeah, Tommy Hanks is in there. Tommy Hanks, I think, is just gonna play Tommy Hanks. But uh, yeah, very good. Yeah, you know, that, he does. that's what you do. You don't—you don't waste Tom Hanks with method acting or anything like that, Michael. You just—you just get him to be Tom Hanks. That's what yeah, you do.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be a though. Is he doing a big Italian accent? No, he
1: doesn't seem to be. But that—that that could oh. change, Michael, in post-production. I don't know.
0: Let's hope that it does, Benjamin. That is the only thing that would interest me in this.
1: Yeah, Michael, they've. uh, It's very strange going on here. Uh, Naturally, the internet's a little bit annoyed because the blue fairy, um, the mythical concept of the blue fairy, otherwise known as the creature that gives Pinocchio his life, is a black Mm. woman with a shaved head, and they're not happy about that.
0: Oh, they've recast it for gender and ethnic diversity.
1: Yeah, well, it was always a woman, so in I've, fairness I've
0: not seen Pinocchio, but it terrified me as a child
1: uh, It terrified me as well, Michael I really hope that I don't have to relive the uh, boy turning into donkey scene mm, Yeah, 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 that actually happened to me that, Yeah, it did, it took years of rigorous posture training to really stand upright on your two hooves
0: Yeah, 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 my hooves are, my hooves itch though It's a very, very uncomfortable hoof situation
1: Very uncomfortable, Michael, very uncomfortable Benjamin, the internet's always upset about uh, recasting characters. I I think it's only recasting characters when they're of any ethnicity that isn't white or Caucasian.
0: Ah, very good. Uh, You have that uh, Reddit that you're on, the one you started. Yeah,
1: it's called uh, White Men Only. um, And it is not (laughs) the Reddit I thought it was going to be, Michael, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Oh, no, very bad.
0: Benjamin. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sounds like a porn Reddit. Benjamin, (laughs) is it
0: any use... Is any use um, I don't know if it's going to be Pinocchio. any use,
1: Michael. I, I, I think the live-action adaptations of the Disney Renaissance films are generally horrible. I, yeah. I generally well, find
0: Pinocchio. Pinocchio is not from the Disney Renaissance, so is it? Pinocchio is he's a not. Classic?
1: Yeah, he's one of the early boys, but I, I just generally find those live-action things to be a, a soulless cash grab. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh,
0: you've described modern film there, Ben.
1: Yeah, I, I think Robert Zemeckis might try and do it a bit of justice, Michael. This is gonna this is gonna paint me in a very poor light, right? But one of the oh, things ben. that comes out of it is they've they've made the goldfish very sexy for no reason.
0: Oh, I love a sexy goldfish.
1: It's very strange, Michael. The goldfish. Hold on, what do you mean they've made the goldfish very sexy? Look up the goldfish from the Pinocchio. It, it, it's, it's not sexy in the sense that it's actually attractive, Michael. It, I mean in the sense that it seems to be trying to flirt with the audience.
0: Oh, very good. Which a is very, very uncomfortable for
1: everybody involved.
0: Benjamin, it looks like the goldfish was always kind of sexy, though. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the original goldfish here. If you search for a sexy Pinocchio goldfish, you just get the
1: original goldfish. <laughs> All right, Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, yeah, it's just like a sexy goldfish. So Robert Zemeckis, along with resurrecting your childhood in a reanimator fashion, in a way that you just wouldn't want, is bringing back the strange 1940s fetish of sexy goldfish.
0: A sexy, sexy lipstick wearing goldfish. I would say, if anything, Ben, the modern, the modern goldfish is less sexy than the original. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that original goldfish was one sexy goldfish. <laughs> oh. Oh, very oh flirtatious. <laughs>
1: no. Uncomfortable stuff all watch, involved. I
0: might go watch Pinocchio now, Ben. <laughs>
1: Just for the sexy goldfish.
0: Just for the sexy flirtatious oh. goldfish. I'll tell you what Ben, while I'm watching Pinocchio, why don't you fill the listeners in on what do Hold on, can we do can we do a bit? Can we do a like a, a crime line bit or a, or a, yeah. a 999 bit? Yeah. Like play some dramatic music, like dum, dum 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 dum. Miller, watch.
1: Okay, you you do the dramatic music, and I I'll ju- do. I Just did. Do, oh, okay. All right. I would, oh, hang on. My uh, my thing is.
0: <laughs> What's wrong with your thing?
1: Had to just turn off my my YouTube. Just started playing by itself. There, Michael. Very oh, confusing. very good. Um, yeah. So. <clears throat> Yes, in a world of shiny golden celebrities you think you can trust, one person slinks in the darkness beneath the rest. These are the true life and times of Ezra Miller on Miller Watch. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>
0: Very good. Very good, Benjamin. What's Ezra Miller up to this week, please? Uh, he's had a meeting, Michael. <laughs> it's Oh, exciting very good. Pretty, <laughs> I wish that was the end of the bit, Ben. If that was just... The, if the whole lead-up was, he's had a meeting, that would be just spectacular. I'd love it.
1: What's he had a meeting about? He had a meeting with the Warner Brothers executives to save his film, Michael.
0: Oh, really? Yakko, Wacko and Dot.
1: Yes, all three of them have, have had him in, and they're not happy about it, Michael. <laughs> um, okay. So what's happened is... Um, Ezra Miller uh, really loves playing The Flash, apparently. Oh, really? Okay. An insider source tells us, otherwise known as bollocks. Yeah. But uh, apparently he loves playing The Flash and he doesn't want to lose the role, Michael. And my answer to that would be, well, Ezra, you probably should have thought of that before you started fucking felonies. (laughs) Shouldn't Shouldn't have done all those illegal things. But apparently, uh, the meeting went quite well, Michael. The oh, head of the, the current head of Warner Brothers has seen a cut of the film and is happy yep. with it.
0: Oh, very good, Yakko, was it? Uh, yes, it was Yakko.
1: Not Dot. Okay. Dot's not happy with it. She's very feminist and isn't okay. <laughs> pleased. But, uh, Michael, this has naturally prompted a huge backlash uh, from members of the the acting world and also of the filmmaking world. Because why did Batgirl get canned and the male led film? Why are they bending over backwards to save that when. I don't know if Ezra Miller considers themselves male. Um, I don't think people care anymore, Michael. That is literally what I read in the article.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good. Okay.
1: That is literally what maybe, I read in the article.
0: Maybe, Ben, um, The Flash is good and Batgirl was irredeemably awful.
1: Maybe, but it still stinks of... Why are we Does bending it? over backwards to save this film when this person is clearly not a good person?
0: Yeah, they're not a good person, but hundreds of millions of euro have or dollars, American dollars, have been invested into The Flash. 200
1: million, Michael, last count. Apparently. Too
0: many million, Ben. Yeah, But also... It's. It has been, since the beginning, touted as going to be the kind of anchor point of their reboot and their new DCEU.
1: I, I think the new DCEU, Michael, is largely in massive jeopardy, is it not? I mean, I don't think we're going to see a new DCEU. No,
0: no, never. Never going to happen. Never, never going, going to, happen. to happen. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to suggest is... Perhaps there are other far more complicated things at play that one of them has a male lead and one of them has a female lead. Yes, probably that, I Michael. Mean, but for the purposes of clickbait. Else, yeah, yeah. For the purposes of clickbait, great title. But if nothing else, the Flash is a much, much, much bigger character than Batgirl. Steady on now. Much You're, bigger. Not physically. Batgirl can be quite hench, as they say. You'll have
1: the you'll but, have the Barbara Gord stands in our comments. Oh, they'll Michael. be after
0: me. They'll be after me. If you if you ask um, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that. Batgirl was in the nineteen sixties show. I was about to say if you ask my parents have you heard of The Flash or and have you heard of Batgirl? I think it might be, be about Michael. the same. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be about the same. But the Flash is a bigger character than Batgirl, but let's not kid ourselves here. Mm, well,
1: yeah, that's you know, that's the the raft you want to go out into the Atlantic with, that's fine. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I'd i stand by that. I'd stand by
1: the All flash. Right, is right, ladies and, and gentlemen, well. let
0: us know down below. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, do, 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 yeah, do. Get, get in touch do. with Tell yeah, what do, you think. Do le- do let uh, us know that The Flash, who has had multiple of his own TV series and comic books throughout the years, is a bigger character than supporting character Batgirl.
1: Ezra Miller is also going to be charged for the felony burglary in Vermont. That is the other oh, Ezra good. watch update. Good. So, so he's being charged with that officially.
0: I tell you who else should be charged with a felony, Ben. Go on. Roland Emmerich.
1: Who's Roland Emmerich, Michael?
0: He's a director Ben, you'd know him from directing such films as 2012, oh no, weather's gone mad Oh no, the uh, weather's
1: a bit shit
0: (laughs) Oh no, it was way more than a bit shit, it was very, very shit And also, um, uh, Independence Day Ben Oh
1: yeah, that was a big old film
0: Yeah, that was a good one, but then the other one, the Independence Day, the next Independence Day Independence Day 2, where's all the original cast gone? No use at all
1: No use at all, Michael
0: and I'll tell you what I accidentally watched the other day, Ben, as I was trying to have a little rest and a little relax to myself. I accidentally watched the 2022 film Moonfall.
1: Moonfall. Sounds like a James exactly. Bond knockoff.
0: It does a bit, yeah. It's the sequel to Moon Up. Benjamin, have you seen the film or heard? Have you, for, let's start with, have you heard of the film Moonfall? No. <laughs> It's mad, Ben. It's mad that, that people haven't heard of this. Guess who's in it, Benjamin? Among others, Samuel Tarley is in it. I, I can't remember that actor's real name. I can't either. Um, John John something triple barrel name. Um, your favorite and mine, Patrick Wilson is in it. Patrick Wilson. He's is that who I'm thinking of? Paddy does. He was in um, he was in, um, in Watchmen and Insidious and in Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. Yes, he was Orm. Yes, he was Orm. Yeah. One, Halle Berry is in it. What? Halle Berry is in it, Ben.
1: Michael, this is a huge cast.
0: Huge cast. In a r in a is it Roland Emmerich? Is that what I said? That's what you said. Yeah, yeah. In a in a and Ben a huge cast, huge director, huge budget. I think it came out in cinemas.
1: But I don't know it didn't. I've I, I, I haven't heard anything about this, Michael, and I would know. I do a a weekly pop culture weekly podcast. Pop culture
0: podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, <laughs> It's, it came out on streaming, Ben, and I accidentally watched a bit of it going, is this new? Is this old? Is this from 10 years ago? Uh, the name rings a bell, but... So in it, Ben, Yes, Patrick Wilson plays a disgraced astronaut. Classic
1: Patrick Wilson role.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's let himself go, but only in a very sexy Patrick Wilson sort of way. Yes, the the schlub yeah.
1: actually adds definition to his abs. Very good.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> one of the sexiest schlubs. Um, he let himself business. go in a way that Chris um, Chris Pratt would love to be able to let himself go. It's a very Chris Pratt esque character that he plays in this. Okay. So he's a he's a he's an astronaut Ben, and he's he's doing a space mission. Okay. And he's up there with Halle Berry, and they're looking at the moon, Ben. And some sort of terrifying Transformers Revenge of the Fallen esque nanobot cloud destroys their their mission and kills one of the astronauts and what? ruins the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, some sort of nanobot cloud, Ben. And uh, and Patrick Wilson manages to get back on the space shuttle and pilot it to Earth manually, Ben. One of the first men who's ever done it. And I, s- uh, I see. He's initially considered a hero, but then he tells the story of the nanobots, and everyone goes, Oh no, he's not a hero. He's gone mad. He's gone mental. He's gone absolutely mental, Benjamin. But it turns out, guess what? The nanobots were real all along. The nanobots were real, Benjamin, and they were in the moon. Oh no, and then the moon fell. And then, the nanobots, Ben, they're bad nanobots.
1: Oh not, no, there's nothing worse than bad nanobots. Now, I won't say anything against good nanobots, but bad nanobots, no no, no, no good.
0: No, they're good, they're in it as well, and they're good, they're good eggs. But the (laughs) bad nanobots, absolute no use. And what they're going to do, Ben, those bad nanobots, is they're going to make the moon fall. Why? Because they don't want any humans around.
1: Oh, that's fair enough, I can kind of get behind that, Michael.
0: Ben, I'm going to get into spoilers because the why of it is absolutely mental. But it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely shocking, Ben. One of the worst made, acted, produced films I've ever seen in my entire life. It starts in 2011. Okay. It's like it starts in the year 2011, and then it cuts to 10 years later and everyone looks exactly the same Halle Berry has slightly longer hair but everyone oh. looks the same and I was watching this going is this film from now and that was a flashback or is it from 2011 and that, and now it's gone science fiction and it's very hard to tell Ben it
1: sounds bizarre Michael
0: it's, this is a 2011 film which has somehow been made and released in 2022 terrible stuff one of them <laughs> just shockingly bad weird acting weird editing weird cuts Very strange altogether. Multiple characters coming to the same conclusions at the same time. Like, it's Samuel Tarley's character, Ben, who has a theory that the moon is full of nanobots.
1: Oh, oh, of course, because that's very logical.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But Benjamin, in the world that he's in, it actually turns out to be right. So we all should have listened to the mad people.
1: Yeah, the moon is full of of nanobots. Evil nanobots, Ben. And is that what they're called in the movie? They're called nanobots, like an alien race or something.
0: No, the, oh Ben, this is the best thing. Do you want the, the big spoiler? Yeah, give me the big spoiler, Because I'm never going to watch this. This is the best this. thing, Ben. Millions, billions of years ago, humanity was a spacefaring race. Oh
1: fuck off! I hate on that. On Earth,
0: Ben. On Earth, and we created an AI, Benjamin, and the AI turned evil. Dun,
1: dun, dun.
0: And wiped out humanity. But the last vestiges of humanity managed to make the moon, Ben.
1: Ridiculous. And uh,
0: <laughs> the moon has been up there. The moon is a good AI. And the, the moon has sorry, been Sorry, I'm sorry. Protect- did you
1: say the moon is a good AI?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moon's a good AI. And okay. the nanobots were the evil AI. And the moon manages to protect us for billions of years while we restart as a species.
1: Ridiculous. Okay.
0: But then the bad AI, Ben, got into the moon. Oh, no. Because humans are going up there now, and you know, there's traces of the bad AI. And now, the bad AI is going to make the moon fall.
1: Dun dun dun.
0: Exactly, Ben. Guess how you're going to stop it, though?
1: You're going to befriend the bad nanobots and make them see no, the error Benjamin. of their ways? No. No, Benjamin. No. Think more 2000s movie making. There's a special ray on Earth, or one man has to pilot it. There you go, Ben. There we go. It's an Armageddon-style thing. Bruce Willis it's is an... the only man for the job. No, it's Patrick Wilson, Ben. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Bruce Wilson is the only man for the job. <laughs> Absolute shite, Ben. Absolutely
0: appalling. Don't watch it. Sounds that terrible. Should have been straight into the bin. I don't know how they released it. Benjamin. Yes. The good news is, though, I have finally seen your favourite film of the summer and mine. Jordan Peele's new hit, Ben. Nope. <laughs> Nope, nope, as it's called, Benjamin. Nope. I saw the film. Nope. Have you seen the film? Nope. Uh, nope. Very good. Word is, it's out on streaming either this week or next week, Benjamin. But I caught see it one of the last. I caught one of the last screenings in the cinema, and I tell you what, I enjoyed it.
1: Okay. But it
0: wasn't remotely what I thought it was going to be.
1: All right. Well, uh, are we are we doing spoilers, Michael, for a movie that's come out in certain parts of the world weeks ago? <laughs>
0: Yeah, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, including here, Ben, we missed quite a bit of it as well. But I am going to have to do spoilers to
1: discuss it. Okay.
0: And one of the, I, I mean, can can I be a bit selfish, Ben, and just talk about my feelings for a moment?
1: Yeah. All right. Mike, go on. It's important okay. to talk about your feelings, Michael.
0: Exactly, Benjamin. We don't want yeah. to bottle them up in there and end up starting a Reddit. Benjamin, <laughs> what, what I really like, about, what, what I was really looking for. Did you like that joke? You did a little laugh at that Reddit joke there. Um, what I really enjoy... Thank you. I really enjoy an alien abduction film, Ben. Of course you do. A mysterious light in the sky. What's going on? Who's coming to get us? Are they coming to get us? What happened to time? Um, that kind <laughs> <Yes>. of thing.
1: <laughs> the classic what happened to time narrative. What happened
0: to time? Where did all the time go? That kind of thing, Benjamin. I love it. I love that whole genre. And... I went to see Nope with the expectation that it would be that type of film.
1: Uh, uh, Where did Time Go film?
0: Like mysterious goings on in the sky and spooky abduction stuff. And it very much sets itself up to be that kind of film, but it also very much isn't. Okay. And I went into this knowing almost nothing. It's rare, Ben, but I, I I. Divorced myself from finding out anything about this so that I could enjoy it for what it was. Mm. And the fact that I was expecting that kind of mystery alien abduction thing meant I thoroughly enjoyed the first half, but didn't. was a bit disappointed by the twist. Right. Because the twist made it the type of film that I didn't. that I was less interested in. Okay. However, that film is very good. The film that it becomes is very good It's a very good film, it's a very entertaining film It's not quite the genre I had built up in my mind and was hoping for But that doesn't lessen it as a film in any way And if you're just going into this and you know nothing about it And you're not expecting a kind of, hopefully, the best ever alien abduction film You'll probably think it's even better than I did And I thought it was very good Well, that's very good, Michael Mm -hmm. My lovely lady friend said it was the most enjoyable time she'd had in the cinema in years. Well, that's quite a that's quite high praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very high praise. Um, the performances, obviously, Benjamin, are universally across the board excellent. A small cast. Daniel
1: Kaluuya. Kiki Palmer. Daniel Kaluuya
0: is in it. Kiki Palmer is in it. And they're very different, which is a good uh, mix. From the trailers, I was slightly worried that Kiki Palmer's character was going to be constantly over the top and... um hard to hard to watch for a long stretch but she very much isn't. Oh, excellent. she's very good. She's got nuances in her Ben which is excellent.
1: She's got a few nuances.
0: Very many nuances which is very good and it's an excellent performance. Much better than old aunts. Yeah, no use those old
1: aunts. Get them out Don't of there like old, old aunts. Aunt. Aunt. Yeah. Creeping around um, the family heirloom mansions. Stop yes, getting our and spiders. Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. yeah. Old no aunt. use.
0: Uh, Benjamin, do you want some spoilers? Go on. Hit I, me. Can, I can spoil it without Without um, directly telling you what's going on. Ah, no, go for it, Michael. But, just, uh, but I'm going that. to spoil more of the theme and tone of it. It ends up much more along the... So the first half of it is a what's going on in the sky spooky mystery film, the, the kind that I was hoping for.
1: What's going on in the sky?
0: <laughs> what's going on in the sky is a spooky mystery. That's what they should have called it. But the second half of the film, the back end, as it were, Ben, The yes. the, the back nine. Yes. The is much more akin to, and here comes the spoilers now, let's say Kremers, or a very good film to compare it to would be
1: Jaws. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, what do you think of that?
1: Oh, num num nom, 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 nom.
0: Exactly, yes, exactly that sound that you've
1: made. And just like that, I'm back in. Yeah, yeah. Oh you were out, were you? You were uh, no, out I wasn't. when you thought no, it was wasn't really spooky but aliens in the sky. For for the you know, Michael, I have I'm I'm a timid soul. And timid little fella, yeah. The the horrors mm, much like old ants, terrify me. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 They yeah. don't want them anywhere near you. Um yeah, it's not, I would say really a horror. Okay.
1: It is a horror. Is Jaws a horror, Ben? No. Is it not? I don't know. i don't know if i'd call jaws a horror
0: i the i mean if i had to put it in a genre excuse me if i had to put it in a genre with any other single film it would be jaws yeah all
1: right that's fair enough then
0: um there's a good bit of tremors in the dna there as well mainly
1: for the setting yes in the in the in the american countryside
0: in the American countryside, in the American West, in the you know, deserty areas, yes. and the the back end of the film is quite Tremors like. It it's it's funny in places. It's not a comedy like Tremors. It's not quite as light hearted as Tremors. Okay, but yeah, there's a good bit of Tremors there in it. So first half of it, Ben, Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. Second half, Jaws meets Tremors. Right. There you go. There's your film. Not what bad DNA. What do you think of that? And yeah, yeah. It's pretty good, and full of the classic Jordan Peele um, trope technique of having some bizarre, truly bizarre non sequiturs that end
1: up feeding back into the main plot. For, for yeah, okay, so the the jarring thing where everybody's like, "Oh, that must mean something. That must mean something," and then sometimes it doesn't mean anything at all. Exactly. Well, I'll, I can tell you because the opening scene and it, it it threw me quite a bit. But the
0: opening scene, Benjamin, is a chimpanzee on a sitcom, um, savaging the sitcom cast. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly.
1: <laughs> when entertainment goes wrong, eh?
0: Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, uh, look again. It's very hard to discuss this without going really in You're depth. Gonna and to, look, it. We're
1: going to have to do some spoilers, Michael. Just, just it's it's time to pull the pin on the grenade, ladies and gentlemen. Listen yes. away now, if you go don't on. want any spoilers. Go to the time okay. codes down below and skip yourself ahead, because I'm interested in Michael's opinion, and I'd like to hear. <laughs> okay, right here we go. Then here goes the big spoilers. Right?
0: Yes. It's not an alien spaceship, Ben. It is uh, an uh, an organism. It's racism. No, it's an organism. Oh, sorry the 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 thing that's stalking the sky at night is a big flying jellyfish kind of creature thing. Ooh, that's it's not abducting people. It's
1: just eating them. Oh, it's a classic. I'm gonna eat you.
0: Yeah, so it's going like, oh, I'm gonna eat you. Not oh, I'm gonna probe you up the bum.
1: Yeah, so it's it's not at all what we thought it was going to. There's nothing hopeful. Not, it's just a big alien organism. <laughs> it's it. I I mean.
0: There isn't even any direct proof in the film that it's alien.
1: Oh, it's just some kind of radiated thing.
0: It's just some sort of thing and they may exist. It's very much in that sense like tremors. Yeah, okay. That maybe could be a this terrestrial is just, threat. Yeah, maybe this is just something that lives in the desert. Um, and we've never really got them on film until now. But maybe this is what has always been responsible for people thinking they're seeing UFOs. Gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously then, because the the main characters have their horse wranglers, yes, and they have a unique perspective on it once they figure out what it is, because they know this is an animal, and we're animal handlers. So we have a unique set of skills to be able to trap this thing. To handle that animal. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So that's where things like the chimpanzee attack at the beginning come into it. Because it all turns out to be about, you know, man's hubris in exploiting, not animals. just animals, but anything for entertainment. Ah. Exploiting things for entertainment that we think we control, but if we take our eye off it for a second, it can go wild and rip everything. Horribly wrong.
1: Off.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the theme and tone of it. Um, there is, I, I suppose we all thought because of the history of, of, of Jordan Peele's films that there would be a little bit of something about race relations in the usa in it yeah and there is a little bit yeah because they are they are the first um black owned hollywood horse training ranch
1: that's a big deal
0: and and there's a little bit in it about black people being erased from the history of hollywood but it's not the central theme the central theme is man's hubris in exploiting nature and thinking they can get away with it
1: we're all shit at that bit
0: yeah, 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 exactly. That seems to be the main point of it. And, nice. uh Yeah, so as you can imagine, because I was hoping for uh, a spooky alien abduction movie, as it was gener- gradually revealed that it wasn't that, I had a little bit of a like, oh. Because there are a couple of scenes, a couple of, um not wild goose chases, a couple of... Red what's herrings? What's the word I'm looking... Red herrings, thank you, Ben. Mm. There are a couple of red herrings where it... It is going to be about aliens. And they're some of the most effective spooky alien abduction scenes you'll ever see. Yes. But then they turn out to be pranks or... Damn it. Misunderstandings. So, you know, it's good. It's very good. It's very, very, very good. Don't let the fact that it wasn't what I thought it'd be, that I thought it would be, detract
1: from what it is as an excellent thing in its own right. I have never allowed your wild expectations of things to impact me in the slightest, Michael. Very good,
0: Benjamin. So yeah, go see it. It's very good. I thoroughly enjoy it. I'll enjoy it, I think, even more on a second or third watch.
1: Are you going to have a little second and third viewing?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to enjoy it for what it is rather than what I wanted it to be.
1: Ah, very good, Michael. You're going to divorce yourself once more from your own expectations in order to better submerge yourself in the world of the film. In the film, exactly, Benjamin. Very good, Michael. Oh, very look, it's a big spooky sand dollar sort of thing. That's very. It's a very healthy attitude to film watching, Michael. If only the world would adopt it with you. Ah, Benjamin.
0: But if they did that, then who would get annoyed when they recast characters as different races?
1: Racists. Oh
0: yeah, 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 no, yeah. lads, good, grand bunch of lads, Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of racists, uh, <laughs> you and the gang up on Reddit have been watching She-Hulk. <laughs>
1: As You're I like the previously stated, Michael, what, the subreddit "White Guys Only" is not a racist subreddit, as I had hoped. It's something very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, but um, well, I mean, it's still probably racist in the it's fact still that a it's bit all racist, white yeah. men. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> we came to that conclusion at the same time, but it's probably still a bit racist.
1: But I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I would here strongly then, urge people not to search "White Guys yeah, Only" because yeah, yeah, it probably jumps. exists and it's probably yeah. the joke that we're making. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, having said that, Ben, porn seems to be the one place where it's perfectly fine to be racist. Uh,
1: yeah, as long obviously as, because it's all acting with air quotes.
0: No, but I mean, oh, maybe we'll get an expert in on this. I cu- I can't think of a porn expert probably. off the top of my. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, in porn they just call racism genres. <laughs>
1: they do. That's <laughs> true.
0: She says, what What genre of, of porn are you into?
1: Like, what's your racist king? Anyway, never mind. Let's get into the no, no pop culture. Um, yeah. But yeah, Michael, I've seen She-Hulk episode two. You have as well, I'm sure. I have indeed. Of course I have, Benjamin. Uh, Michael, this continues to be arguably the best thing we've seen since WandaVision.
0: I For me. thought episode two, Benjamin, was fabulous.
1: Fantastic. Um,
0: it had all of the highs of episode 1 without the things I didn't like about episode 1 it feels like it was written by different people it feels like it was written by people who possibly hate men a little bit less
1: or have a better understanding of how sexist society affects women go on Um, well I I think it's quite interesting that um, Jen is forced to kind of pursue a job um, and it's not necessarily anything to do with her gender that's getting her out of the job market it's optics Optics and tokenism. Yeah, it's much more tokenism and optics. Um, Yes. I I think it's a much broader critique of, rather than it just being women, it's about minorities and ethnicities being hired for the sake of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, on the other hand, it is definitely about women. You're entirely right, Benjamin. And that, but that's what I mean. That level of, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm there for that. That's good. Yes, okay. They handled that really well. Okay. They handled that so well. That's not. That is reflecting society. But just look. Can we go back to episode one for a second?
1: Go on. Get, get yourself back in there. Um,
0: back in down episode, to episode one. one would you? Episode one is almost farcically men are evil. Yes. Almost farcically to the point where Jennifer is giving that speech to Bruce, saying to a guy whose entire superpower is basically controlling his unbridled rage. Yes. And she's giving him a lecture about how she has to put up with men explaining things to her and competent men having position and we're never shown any of that yes the only the only men she meets in episode 1 she the casually dismisses men. them they're the worst men and she casually dismisses them as either idiots or scumbags and and she's just like yeah i'm 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 so in charge of it. She, there's nothing she she doesn't suffer anything she okay. just says i'm always suffering but then we don't see any of that, and she says that to the Hulk, who has had twenty-two years or something of trauma life abuse. as a monster. Yeah, trauma abuse. He's been killed. He's been he's had multiple suicide attempts. He's been abducted. He's travelled across space. He's he was abused by horrible. his father
1: horrifically. In- if we're to go by the original canon,
0: <laughs> incredible and horrible life. But yeah. it's nothing compared to Jennifer has a smug male colleague who.
1: He's not not even that smug, he's just very (laughs) impotent.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: He's just an impotent little troll man, Michael.
0: (laughs) He was just a little troll man, exactly. And she dealt with him instantly. But, you know, that made her have to deal with a lot more than everything the Hulk has gone through. Absolute horrible nonsense. I don't
1: don't know if I agree with you. I don't think it was framed that way at all. I don't think it was framed as... 100%
0: Hundred percent was.
1: I don't think it was framed as. Oh, my life is much worse than the original Hulk. I think it was just highlighting the fact that Bruce might not be aware of what women go through on a daily basis. I don't. No. I don't know. She Michael. says
0: to him. She says to him, "I'm better than you at controlling my anger because." Oh, she does I've say that. Do yeah. Okay, that's and fair. It's like, it's the Hulk, please. But anyway, back to episode two. Yes. Episode two is great because if you. They don't even spell that out to us. They don't sell. They don't say. She doesn't turn around and go, Well, look what's happened to me because I'm a woman. Yeah. Okay. But if you have any degree of intelligence, you can see that. Or media literacy, yeah. Exactly. And they have not. They have spoon fed it to us, not forced it to us, and shown us the opposite.
1: Yeah. All right. That's That's a good. That's a good. It's a good note for episode two, Michael. I like that.
0: It's fantastic. I, I, I just can't envisage how they were written by the same people.
1: Yeah, they might not have been, but they might have been directed they, in a very different way <laughs> as well.
0: Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how it's happened. I'll have a but look. The,
1: you spin your wheels.
0: The subtlety of how they did it is so much better. It's just so much better. It's still, you know, it's difficult being a woman. And we're going to show you that with She-Hulk. But I mean... Benjamin, it's it's story, it's storytelling one hundred and one. Is that in this episode they show us, they don't tell us, um, and in the last episode they they told us and
1: showed us the opposite. Really interesting, Michael. Exact same creative team. Yeah, yeah, very strange. Directed by very, Kate very Corio, strange. or yeah, Kate Coiro, sorry, and mm-hmm. Jessica Gow was the writer on on both.
0: Yeah, I, I highly doubt that there's a single writer involved in any of these things. Maybe they just credit a head writer or something, but there's no way Marvel is letting one person write an entire series. Um,
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway, look. No, probably that's,
0: not. My, that's my two cents on the whole thing, because that that was why I thought episode two was so much better and more satisfying than episode one.
1: I thought it was more better and more satisfying, because it leaned more into its own tone, Michael. Um I, cool, I, I think what, what I mean by that is uh, one of my favourite scenes is is the strange call that uh, Jennifer Walters has to have with the Hulk and you know she's ready to defend her point to the nth degree and it's just a really nice interaction where the Hulk is like yeah no you should take the case it's a it's pretty good opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he wrote me a lovely haiku and then my favourite fourth wall break so far Michael was I'm literally a, no I'm a different person now literally, yeah, literally. and Jennifer Wall just goes haha um, yeah, and I was like yes very, very good. good fuck Edward because it was Edward Norton yeah fuck Edward Norton Um, and definitely not Norton's. a good guy Michael the more I learn about Edward Norton
0: well, then you probably should have played the Hulk. Definitely not a good guy. But anyway. Ruffalo's too nice to be the Hulk.
1: Ruffalo's great as the Hulk. Get out of here. Mark too Ruffalo nice. is the best Hulk we've ever had on screen. Get Dude, out uh, of here. Eric
0: Bana would like to have a word with you, Ben. Uh, yeah, he's welcome to. <laughs> he's a big fella. Yeah, he is. That's, that's not the issue here, Michael. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. Can we talk nerd talk for a moment rather oh, yeah, than tone? yeah, 100%. Because I'd like to go back to tone. But nerd talk... Hulk definitely has a child on Scar, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Scar is is that's coming. What's going on Scar there. is
1: about to enter the chat.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what's going on there, Benjamin. Yeah. And Benjamin, did you notice the famous scene where she's checking a some sort of gossip newspaper, and they finally address some of the mysteries of the MCU?
1: There's a fellow with some blades in his hands, Michael, starting bar fights.
0: Oh, I wonder who that could wonder be. Who that could be? Hmm? Some Stabs Munchups? McGee. Stabs McGee. Stabs, Stabs McGee. He's a famous fellow from around Dublin.
1: Yeah, all stabs McGee. Um, yeah. yeah, but also uh, the giant hand in the...
0: Why is there a statue the of a
1: giant man popping out of the ocean? So, Brilliant stuff. Uh, one of the one of the really entertaining things there, Michael, is that apparently the MCU uh, post-Eternals has been very... Uh, the MCU fandom has been very annoyed that it's never addressed. <laughs> and this apparently has yeah, just yeah. been stuck in to be like, there you go. There you go, there it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, there it is. Stop your messing now. Stop your moaning. Give over. Benjamin. Yeah. The final nerd talk... Is on the timeline
1: Yes, so it takes place it, c- Concurrently, Michael, episode 2 takes place With the early events of Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings Yeah, but
0: also at the end Because they mucked it up Oh, go on Because Bruce Banner is a human At the end of Shang-Chi oh. And he still has his sling on So they've mucked oh, it up, Ben
1: They've mucked it
0: They've mucked it up They they've got all mixed up
1: everything And the
0: The creators, Benjamin, said that the reason Bruce Banner was a human in the end of Captain Marvel was because they had to contrive a reason for him to be a human so they could contrive a reason for him to bleed on Jennifer. Toolish.
1: Across the board. And
0: they've, yeah, they've mucked it up then.
1: They've mucked it up.
0: They've mucked up the timeline, and there's just
1: one thing that Marvel fans don't like it's mucking up the timeline. Except they do it all the time, Michael. They'll, they'll wreck on it with Kang or something. Kang turned they'll them back it. into a human form, and yeah, he had to they, be him that way. In, yeah. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the return of sorry, a character that I never thought I'd be happy to see the return of, but Emil Blonsky? Emil Blonsky as, uh, as Emil Blonsky. It's Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky. Yes, go on. But, but Michael, what a joy that character is! All of a sudden, from serious pain in the arse character in the Incredible Hulk in two thousand and eight to witty, self-reflective did, mercenary man.
0: Did you get a feeling? Uh, did you get a tiny touch of Trevor Slattery off him?
1: Oh yeah, stacks.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a tiny touch of sl- Trevor Slattery,
1: but it works very well in the in the realm of the She-Hulk. yes go on he's the he's uh, the right choice for witty kind of like i write haikus in my spare time now Mm. and it's like yeah all right fair enough and he starts to try and read them and it's it's a whole thing very very interesting uh moves from tim roth glad to see him back that was it's a good match for the what is uh, admittedly a a much more talk-based show than Mm. um than what we're used to in the mcu but um, one of the things I really liked about it was how they tied that together with the Hulk. You know, he brought me a really nice haiku, a really heartfelt ha- haiku. I think it's all done very well, Michael. I think it's a very show good. that really knows what it's about. And I think it comes across very well.
0: I loved episode two, Benjamin. And you're right, I don't think there's any action in it, is there?
1: Um, no, I don't think there really no is. no action in it at all. And There's one the, transformation that, where she's required to be the She-Hulk. Um, that happens off screen that happens off screen she transforms into Jennifer Walters once I think yeah yeah um, when she's fired by the DA
0: yeah yeah it's um it's great so it's, it's really good um I Benjamin what about back to nerd talk what about his
1: seven soulmates Benjamin is that the Thunderbolts um I or is that just a joke I think it's a weird American prison culture joke but I think it could also okay. be the Thunderbolts
0: maybe we're le- maybe we're supposed to believe it's a weird american th- prison culture joke and it turns out to be the thunderbolts is, do you think uh,
1: so here's what i'm here's what i'm I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say interested in but here's what is intriguing me is emil blonsky going to be on a weird team with wong or is wong going to be on the thunderbolts
0: i don't know i don't know i think that we're going to see a lot of that in this show i think this show is going to be much more integral to the next phase than we thought it was going to be
1: well it is phase 5 michael
0: is it? Is this phase five or I phase think this four? Is phase I think this five. is phase four. No, this is phase four because Black Panther is the end of phase four, and that's coming in a few weeks. Should have brought this
1: out at the start. I'd be more excited about phase four. This is, this is yeah, good Yeah, yeah, but
0: then the timeline would have been all wonkified. It doesn't Benjamin. matter, Michael apparently. Benjamin. Yeah, I love the tone they're taking with Emil Blonsky, where I thought I was the hero. I was brought in. Yeah, as where a did that come from? By you, you Great, I mean, but but so true. Yeah, but it's he it's, it's absolutely right.
1: Like, decorated bloody British soldier
0: war hero brought in uh, to control a monster and okay he was a bit zealous but they they offered him the Captain America super soldier serum and he thought he was going to be Captain America and yeah poor guy yeah that's a good point yeah if you can forgive the Hulk and have the Hulk as a hero then you have to be able to forgive the Abomination and have the Abomination as a
1: hero I'm looking forward to seeing more of the Abomination in Abomination form I love that weird yeah, yeah. swamp thing, original design of the Abomination.
0: Mm, and he even mentions his little tiny ears in this. So I think when he turns back into Abomination, he's going to have the traditional ears.
1: The little tiny ears. Well, we saw it in Shang-Chi for five-eighths of a yeah. second, Michael. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, has yeah, little yeah. tiny ears. It's a very interesting ag- adaptation of the comic book, isn't it, Ben? It is. It's a very solid adaptation, Michael. I think it achieves that through a number of different things, Michael. In fact, I think you might say we're in a golden age of adaptation for comic books, Michael. Uh, would you? We should have some sort of adaptation conversation then. We probably should, Michael. Hey, you and I, we do a weekly pop culture podcast. Oh yeah? And we should probably try it today. We've got a little bit of time left, Michael.
0: Alright, we've, we've got about 25 minutes less.
1: What do we do now then? Well, let's welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the adaptation conversation. Very good. What a segue. Um, no, Michael, I, I came to you with this. A couple of weeks ago and then we forgot to do it because we're, mm. <laughs> we're just not as organised as you would have it, uh, we would have you believe, dear listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I came to you a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to speak. In particular, I was re-watching bits of The Boys and I was watching some of Preacher, would you believe, Michael?
0: Preacher. Preacher? I've never heard of it or seen it. What is that?
1: Preacher is a cult classic comic book by one Garth Ennis, Michael, the cat Garth Ennis, who's just outside your window there now, Michael. He's just
0: outside my gap here. Garth, go off the grass. He's pissing on the grass, Ben. He's pissing on the grass. It's not good for the grass.
1: Um, He's creating
0: dead patches.
1: Cart <laughs> Dennis is a Northern Irish comic book writer, Michael, um, and seems to connect with everybody when they're about 15.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his target.
1: And then slowly everybody goes up and goes, Jesus, this is very fucking mean.
0: This is very mean. I think I might grow out of this, this now. Is, Jesus, of I think it's about
1: time I grew out of this shit. This is very fucking yeah, yeah. mean. Um, I'll,
0: either, I'll either grow out of this or I'll start a Reddit
1: and it, <laughs> these are the choices that every 15-year-old man is faced with and one of the one of the things that prompted this michael is there is a wave of social media response to the boys uh, tv show where people are looking for the comics and several thousand creators are jumping on going hi Normally I'm all for researching the source material and you know going back to the roots of the comic. In this case I really want to stress that you shouldn't do that. Um <laughs> The Boys TV show is the better version of The Boys without shadow of a doubt. And I have to say Michael, having reread some of the comics, having rewatched them as well, nobody's wrong. The Boys is a much better TV show than it is a comic.
0: We have said it multiple times Benjamin that what they have done with The Boys and it's It's a word. I I hate to throw the word genius about, but they've done an incredibly good job of managing to look at the comic because even though neither of us liked it, and a lot of people don't like it, it Mm. was a hit. Not a huge super hit, but it was a hit. And there's obviously stuff in the boys' comics that appeals to people. Yes. And The Cynical Among Us. You and I included Yes Would have said What you've just said there That what it is about the boys That appeals to people Is the grossness The meanness The cynical The cynicism Of it And that To try and adapt that While stripping that out Would leave you with something Very Jupiter Rising Jupiter Rising was a poor film
1: Show, show, show. People did some people
0: liked it though, but sorry, I
1: confused Jupiter Rising with Jupiter Ascending, which was that weird Mila Kunis film with Channing Tatum, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, where Channing Tatum was a cat man. Um, yeah, so uh, the cynical Among Us men would have said that the boys would, would either be you have to make the TV show so gross and horrible that it's almost unwatchable and it appeals to that very same demographic, yes, or you can strip that stuff out and you'll lose its appeal and you'll be left with a generic TV show. But they've proven us all wrong, really. Hmm. By managing to adapt it, strip out most of the meanness, although you might be surprised if you're a, the TV show only fan to hear that this is the version with most of the meanness stripped out. <laughs> it's true. It might be shocked Because it's still something. pretty It's, it's still, still pretty, pretty mean. mean. It's still pretty mean, but it's nowhere near as mean as the comics. Um... And still have something very good. I think it's a stunning adaptation. It's one of the best examples of taking source material that has some gold in it, mm. but being a really you and I, Ben, couldn't have done this. No, it's 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 too. It requires too much skill and too much deft handling. I think now, with the boys particularly, now is going to be the telling time because they've diverged so much from the source material they're essentially telling their own story they are and will it be good is the big question I have now
1: I have a lot of hope for it Michael I think you know Eric Eric Kripke for for better or worse Michael was a phenomenal showrunner back in the days of Supernatural and
0: eh get out the of first here. six seasons maybe
1: yeah but that was Eric Kripke and then he left
0: oh very good That's okay. that's,
1: that's that's the thing you see that's, that's, that's what the happens. issue. Um, Eric Gripke knows what he's about, and he knows how to make a good series that engages you. And now he's been given more budget and bigger casts, and, you know, he doesn't have to set everything in a backwater U.S. town.
0: Mm. Or um, a barn.
1: You know, or a barn. Um, vampires in the barn, all the time. Mm. All the time. Yeah, yeah, that was the final episode. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. How does Preacher fit into this? So, uh, Preacher, I think, was a test run for the boys, Michael. Um, Go on. Because Preacher had a similar set of producers attached to it, including Seth Rogen. Um, And again, it's a Garth Ennis gig. And I think... Go on. I think Garth Ennis, when he wanted to write... So Preacher came first. Preacher was released in the 1990s. And what Preacher essentially is, Michael, is an agnostic atheist road trip around America... And it's an outsider's perspective on the spectacle that is the USA. Okay. And what I mean by that is, uh, Garth Ennis, as an Irishman, probably went around the US and went, "This is fucking mental. This is mad for this
0: place. Anywhere I piss on the grass, they get very upset at me." And then,
1: and then when he was done licking his own paws and doing a little catty like, yeah, he's a little catty, yeah. He decided to document it in A Bizarre Thing, and he did that with three characters. He did that with Jesse Custer, who was the preacher, Tulip mm. O'Hare, who is the gal Friday of the whole affair, yeah. and cool. bloody Cassidy, yeah, Prunchess Cassidy, the vampire. Yeah, he's a vampire man, yeah. And that's what they did, and they went off, and they, they made the attempt. Now, in that, Michael, it's, it's so teenage atheist, it's unbelievable. You know But God is in it. God is in it, but he's a he's a little shit. Yeah, he's a real dickhead. He's a real dickhead. And we get that a lot, Michael. And you know, it doesn't have one of the one of the major flaws of the Preacher comic book is that Jesse Custer is perfect. Um Go on. Jesse Custer is a man of iron will and, you know, unflinchable moral character, Michael, um and unflinching even if you like to use English correctly. But um mm. Unflinching moral character and one of the things that we see a lot is, you know, characters come up against Jesse Custer and through sheer fortitude on Jesse Custer's part, he's great. Oh, he's great, isn't and he? And he's just he's just a wonderful person. And that's why Genesis chose him.
0: And right. Go one on. of the
1: great adaptations of this is that Jesse Custer is a very angry man who is occasionally very flawed in his thinking. Um, ah. And the reason that Genesis has chosen him is because he indulges Genesis's childish whims. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, so the voice is... The fo- the, in, in the comic books, the voice... Genesis bonds with Jesse Custer, and that's the end of it. Jesse Custer then has a power called the voice. Mm. And he can just make people do things. In this, we take a much closer look at... How a godlike power would impact a man who's already quite traumatized from his own existence. Right. And how they would go a step further with that power. Mm. Um, and what we get in season one of the Preacher adaptation, Michael, is a wonderful look at how that absolute power would corrupt absolutely. Um, oh, go on. And it's pretty damn interesting, Michael. Pretty damn interesting. Um also, the funny tone of Preacher is taken out, so the weird teenage humour of Preacher is kind of replaced far more with a a bit of a southern gothic drama vibe. And it works very well, right. Michael. It's not a comedy. It's not, it's not a super comedy. There are moments of it, but this is far more a sinister look at how fucked up America is. So I think, when we look at the comic book, Michael, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon at the time were attempting to make a parody of the spectacle of america as i said they were trying to Mm -hmm. highlight the silliness of it all this takes a look at america i i I guess as a global imperialist culturally colonizing beast
0: oh a very 2020s take on yeah
1: and shows it as a oh god it's it's all, all those funny things all those over the top things they're actually a bit sinister aren't they they're a bit there's something rotten in the state of denmark um, mm. When you look at it, that's pretty damn interesting, Michael, um, as an adaptation. And probably the DNA of the boys' uh, adaptation a little bit later.
0: I'm having a, a, a thought, Ben, that you can nearly put adaptations on a kind of graph. Go on. And on your x-axis, Ben, yeah. you could have from left to right, completely original story. Yeah. And then over on the far side of your other side, you could have panel for panel adaptation yes right so you might go from like let's say She-Hulk go on She-Hulk the the new Marvel show She-Hulk doesn't appear to be based on anything to do with
1: the with the original
0: comic book story wise
1: no because we haven't even seen a super suit yet Michael
0: it's a whole although I think we are getting one but it's a whole brand new story yeah so it would be quite towards the left it might not be all the way over to the left but it would be quite to the left on the left to right graph. Go on. And then on your y-axis, Ben, you're up and down. Oh, look at that wavy hand. right. Have I mixed my axes up? But the the up and down axis, Ben. Yeah, yeah. You could have um, tone or character, and how faithful something is to the tone and character of the original. Yeah. Okay. So again, to go to Watchmen, right? Yeah. Watchmen. Wouldn't be on the far, far, far exact right, and this is nothing to do with politics. If any American listeners are listening, settle down. But it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be on the far absolute right because Watchmen famously changed the ending. Famously, famously changed the ending for no reason. um, Well, I thought it was arguably you could argue it might have been a better reason. You could argue it might have been a better ending, Ben. Get out of here. You could argue it might have been a better ending of Watchmen. Settle down, Michael. You could argue it was a better ending. I mean, you might argue it was a better ending, Ben. I think I but have anyway, argued that it was a better ending on the podcast I think podcast you personally before. have yeah. argued it was yeah, I think I ending. actually have. I think that is my opinion. Because it ties more back in with what's
1: going <laughs> but on. But for it's, good it's not just... Michael, have to argue against you.
0: Yeah, but anyway. anyway yeah. Yeah. Um, so Watchmen will be over pretty far to the right, except for the ending is different. But otherwise, it's nearly panel for panel. Yes. And on an up to down as well, because it's pretty much the same tone and themes and characters... Of the original, absolutely. So, like Watchmen will be up there in the top right quadrant of same tone, same theme, same same story. Come on, nearly panel for panel. Yeah, the boys mm. would be more towards the left in terms of story, or maybe right in the middle in terms of story for season it's kind one definitely. Of the- Season one would be more towards uh, the right. It is pretty much the same story Mm. in season one. Season two, heading back towards the... You get where I'm going here. It's it's moving away. So we we could
1: chart based on seasons, basically, Michael.
0: You could do. You could do a chart based on seasons. And the boys' season one would be a lot more... uh, Accurate is the wrong word, but faithful adaptation. And then... I would put it nearly on the line in terms of a tonal adaptation because it's much less extreme.
1: Yes, thankfully. but it
0: is still a comedy drama gross thing, so yes. it's kind of in the right, uh, the right area. She-Hulk, bang on the tone. Yeah, okay. It, the, the tone of She-Hulk is the tone of the sensational She-Hulk comics, yes. but the story has absolutely nothing to do with it.
1: Absolutely nothing, Michael.
0: And Benjamin, what I'm leading to with this whole thing is: Have you seen Sandman?
1: <laughs> yes, my God. And, so and where would you,
0: where would you personally put
1: it on that on oh, that Michael, chart? That ends up being smack bang in the middle, like that. Go on. Um, oh no, hang on. Which one was sorry? Which one was faithful? Oh, towards the right on the on the on the axis, and then tonal was higher on the axis. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd be hard pressed not to have a high right. You, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you,
0: you made an interesting point of talking about seasons in Sandman. You could nearly do it episode by episode. You could, yeah, you could. Yeah, go on, Benjamin. What are you? What, what are your thoughts on this? So, adaptation here? I Come mean, on. in terms Give of me.
1: the in the first, definitely the first two episodes, we we have an amalgam series on our hands. So you know, um, you spoke about it two weeks ago i think now michael the corinthian has a much more elevated role in this yes yeah um as a as an antagonist um supreme kind of you know and he's he's really a catalyst for a lot of the episode arcs um you know he interacts with edith Cripps and you know sets the whole john d arc in motion and you know Mm. He helps John D by giving him a coat and stuff because he's creating chaos in some form. You know, he's a real agent of of chaos against the Dream Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's hard to argue the tone because I think it's pure Neil Gaiman throughout tonally. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, And what I mean by that is the world is a strange place filled with unique people and sometimes tragic things happen to good people and no one can have any control over that. And human actions bring disaster and, you know, these kinds of things happen all the time. And I think tonally it's one of the best adaptations I've ever seen. It's very close to reading the comic books. In fact, I found myself several times feeling the storyline of the comic books much better through the TV show. Because I finally had like a very strong emotional counterpart. Um, what I'd refer to very strongly there is episode five of this with John D. and more, more, more so episode four, I guess, with um, the woman who has to drive John D. around. Mm. Um, and the dog. Very horrific scene. Um, very, very, very heightened sense of fear in that particular scene. Mm. Um and the strange power this little man has over everything. Um I tell you what. Yeah. Um it I think it was less gruesome.
0: One of the one of the yeah. things that in in certain parts of this show, it is so watchmen esque in its almost panel for panel, line for line, mm. word for word adaptation. Sometimes I'm left confusion confused going, Am I remembering reading that or is it just so close that I think so I don't remember how different the diner scene was and the diner scene is key you can tell how key the diner scene was because it gets a full 50 minute
1: episode it's a full it's the longest episode on the runtime um, so far in the season before it, the other ones but it's the longest it's, one <laughs> <laughs> it's before the longest the episode yeah, chronologically at that point
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well explained, Ben. You've explained yourself out of that corner. Get out of here, um,
1: graph boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Describing a visual graph through an audio podcast. You draw podcast. the graph, Ben. You draw the graph for us. You I draw. Will. It. Benjamin, um, what was I saying? Uh, was was uh, maybe you could help me on this? Was the TV adaptation much more gruesome or much less gruesome than so,
1: the original? I think it depends on what you would. Define as John D. is less gruesome than he is in the comic. John D is a strange little decrepit creature in the comic. Um
0: he's a full on baddie in the comic. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a, a full he's on a baddie
1: and he's doing it out of malice. Um I think one of the things that really unnerved me about David thewlis's performance is he's just a wounded child. Um mm, he's, just he's, he was Lupin. just lied through his whole life and he was just like this is awful. Um mm. I hate lies. Um and I think it's it's really shown in that way. David Toulouse does a stunning job of just being this bizarre kind of person who's just like, I hate lies. I don't like lies. Yeah, and, no more lies out of you. You know, if we'd seen that a couple of years ago, we might have gotten a melodramatic person be like, don't lie to me. But this is far more David Toulouse just being like, nope, you're lying. You're lying. Yeah. you're li-. And it's, it's really unnerving the as the characters kind of come up against that. Um, so one of the things that's very, very different is... Um, in the comics, John D makes the residents of the diner kind of perform for his amusement, mm. uh, and there's uh, there's a very uncomfortable uh, sexual exploitation of the women in the diner in the comic. Is there? Um, I don't remember that. The women are forced to kind of sing together for John D's amusement. One of the women is forced to show her chest to John D in oh, the really? comic. really? remember that. And you know it's it's far more John D, indulging his own desire as he, he goes through. Oh, but in this
0: choice of words, uh,
1: one of the interesting things that we see, Michael, is everybody's gay. First of all, um, yeah, that, that really gay. is one of the big tones of the show. And it was funny yeah. because before that, I was like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really impact the show that much. But in this particular episode, everybody's gay. Is everybody gay though, or is that because
0: he's doing the magic on them? We see we don't know. We mm. we're not
1: it it seems to us, Morpheus seems to explain it as That's all you, John D. The Ruby is mm-hmm. making your dreams come true and you have projected that onto people and stuff like that. But also the chef is definitely gay. The the young woman who beats her girlfriend is definitely yeah, gay. Giles-
0: Giles' daughter.
1: Is that Giles' daughter?
0: <laughs> that's uh, one of
1: Tony Head's daughters, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Um, but anyway, it, it, you know, the waitress is gay at one point for, for some reason. Um, everyone's gay in it. Everyone's gay in it. It's mad. Um, but that is far more John D. thinking that he helps those people. I think John D. is quite satisfied with his work at that point. And it, one of the interesting things is he's not all that interested in watching those things unfold. He goes and gets ice cream.
0: Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really care once the, once everyone's living their truth. He feels he's he he's feels doing his he, job.
1: And then when he when he's discovered or when the the diner crew realize what's happened, um he ramps it up and he turns mm. them into you know, truth the seekers bloody, in the, a horrific sense.
0: The bloody denouement happens quite quickly and yeah. mostly off-screen. And I think it's I think it's much more effective because of that. Um, there is there is a touch of the boys off, off the whole season, Ben, in the sense that everything is a touch less mean. Yeah. Everything is a tiny little bit less mean. Yeah. Just a tiny bit, a tiny bit. Not, not as much as the boys, where the boys has gone right down that chart. Yeah, but... It's definitely a little bit less mean than the comic and Dream is a little bit easier to negotiate with. And Dream in the comic does soften as he goes along. That's one of the it's the one of the key of, things. I one of my
1: Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no, you go ahead.
0: No, no, you go ahead, goddammit.
1: One of the interesting things is he's still a bit of a prick because he won't let uh Nada out of hell.
0: Oh, he's still a bit of a prick, for sure. Yeah. Cuz he has to soften as he goes along and, you know, I imagine season two we're going to get the whole story of Orpheus.
1: I yeah, and the the poor, the poor, the poor. his head is off. Yeah,
0: yeah. His whole his head is off the whole time. Um, you know, we're going to get a lot of the things that he did when he was a bit less uh, compassionate. Um, but he's he's starting from a slightly more. You can reason with him a bit more in this. Mm. I would argue that Dream in the comics, see, volume one, two, and three, is nearly the baddie. If he wasn't
1: captured. Yeah, and uh, held it for a year, he'd be like, "This guy's the baddie of this." Well, he is essentially like they—they they are the endless are like a H.P. Lovecraft concept, really. It's just this all-powerful being that boggles your brain.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, not all powerful necessarily, but all powerful within a, a, a within some sort of constraint. Yeah, but certainly immoral.
1: Yeah, or amoral I- as the case amoral, may be. Yeah, a- amoral. Yes, thank you. I got the wrong word. It's all right. I'm here to help. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal adaptation overall. But Michael, Michael, come here to me. What is it? Do you know, our opinion really doesn't matter here, Michael. Nobody cares about our opinion. Nobody cares what we've seen. (laughs) Not even Jesus. Um, But anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what did you think? You can get in touch with us in a number of different ways. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeag.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com.
0: Benjamin, I would love to hear what people think are some of the best and worst adaptations.
1: It means tiny room in Irish, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, for some (laughs) reason, my co-host decided to just abandon the premise altogether. I'd love
0: to hear it. You can find (laughs) because We've talked about Sandman, The Boys, Preacher, She-Hulk, Watchmen. But what are the best and worst? Put them on the chart. Draw a little chart for us.
1: Draw what us a chart, saying? ladies and gentlemen, and tag us in it wherever you post it. You could tag us on Instagram, <laughs> at your Luxury Listen yeah. podcast. You could tag us on Twitter at sure
0: Yes, yeah, um, it means listen sure.
1: It does indeed. Or the best way to get in touch with us, ladies and gentlemen, and tell us your own personal chart is to get up on that Discord, baby
0: yeah hop up on it hop up like on the it the 1970s if
1: you haven't had enough of Michael or myself uh, this week and you may not have uh, you can join us on Wednesday where we'll be finally taking a look at Animal Man Volume 2 from We Granty I'll
0: be surprised if that happens to be honest I'm Somebody's probably going to change gonna
1: it this up. evening I haven't decided yet but yeah. I'm probably going to change it this evening yeah. uh, that's Very it from us ladies and gentlemen bye bye bye
0: bye see you on Tuesday or next week